Welcome back to the Security Conversations podcast. Super excited about this conversation today. My guest is Sidra Ahmed Lefort, an investment principal at Munich Reventures. Can we start there? What is Munich Reventures and like what do you do there? Yeah, so Munich Reventures is basically this strategic um, investment group of Munich Reinsurance. We're investing in a platform which is more than $1 billion across multiple areas. Cybersecurity is one of them. We're financially focused and we're investing globally. Um, we invest in companies at the C to Series B stages and um, we take on board seats and we're really active investors. So early stage, and you mentioned cybersecurity is in there. What, what uh, percentage of the portfolio would you say is cybersecurity specific? And are you focused entirely on cyber yourself? I would say for now, it's probably around 10%. That is cyber. We cover a lot of different areas. Um, and I myself, I cover cybersecurity, digital health, and insure techs. At the end of the day, if you, if you think about it, you know everyone on our team is coming from a venture background. And so we have topics that, that are near and dear to our hearts. But also on the, on the Munich Re side, they essentially are one of the largest cyber insurers and reinsurers. And so there's a very nice collaboration that can come out of that, especially as we look at opportunities in the space. Does that help you specialize in cyber insurance uh, space? Is that a place that you're investing? And out of this 10 percentage, is there like a sweet spot? You would say Munich Reventures is known for, say, data security, API security. Is there like a sweet spot for you? Yeah, I would say for us, we look at cyber security and cyber insure tech opportunities in a broad sense, right? So the cyber insure tech piece is, is really important because that's an area that we really, really understand very well and we can really help our companies very easily. Um, there we've made investments in companies like Bay and Notch, which are, are looking at disrupting and um, augmenting that space more. And then on the cybersecurity side, that's that's something that is more broader for us, right? It's um, the reinsurance space, insurance space, or even financial services industry um, for that for that sector. Cybersecurity is super important, and so we're looking at companies and technologies that can really support that sector and um, reduce claims, reduce attacks, and make it more robust and resilient. And so. For us, you know, we've invested in companies at the data layer with our recent investment in Centra. Uh, we've also invested all the way at the physical layer with with a company uh, called Sepio Systems. And so we invest across. I don't think that we place any um, uh, bias on one or the other. It's it's a, a more of a broad um, mandate of of looking at opportunities in cyber as well as uh, in, in cyber insure techs. All right. For the purpose of this conversation, we're going to focus heavily on on the cyber side of things because I think we, for 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 my audience, we've kind of went through this roller coaster of cyber being this very very hot topic because it relates to venture capital investments. Uh, we went through a period of you know multiple unicorns and really really significant investments through the economic turmoil that we're seeing today. So at a very high level, how would you describe the venture capital investment climate? Today, especially as it relates to security investments, are we seeing? Uh, is it as is it contracting as in in your world? Is it contracting alongside of what we're seeing in the public markets? It's a it's a nuanced answer only because of um, the fact that the the cybersecurity space is really hot as an investment topic. Cybersecurity Still. is the 
still, I, I truly believe that. And, and I'm biased, but I truly believe that. I think, you know, cybersecurity is still deemed to be recession resilient for the most part, right? Um, attackers are going to continue to to go after companies and their infrastructure and get access to data, um, regardless of whether or not the markets are doing well or badly. And so that's a that's a sector that we do think that um, spending is going to continue in. Um, that being said, why it's a nuanced answer is because it's very different if you're talking about companies in the earlier stage and companies in the later stage. And so in the earlier stages, companies um, are still getting a little bit of a premium, I would say, in terms can you, of... Can you linger here for just, sorry, sorry to interrupt, when yeah. you say earlier stages, are you talking yeah. seed A through B or are you talking B through through like late stage heading into an exit? Because I think even that conversation is changing around what's an early stage company, what's a seed round, That's what's true. a real A round. So uh, I don't want to interrupt the answer. But yeah. When you say early stages for the purpose of this, what are you talking about? Yes. When I say earlier stages, I mean seed to series A, um, where you either have a product or you have some design partners and you're figuring out what that product is going to be. Pre-revenue, you're not revenue, Pre-revenue, you're not, you don't have product market fit yet. Um, and so even at that stage right now, we're seeing a lot of interest from, from investors, right? And so what's happening is that a lot of the later stage investors, so series B onwards, they are dealing with the reality that, you know, valuations and in those later stage companies, um, there's a bit of mismatch compared to the public markets. And so a lot of those investors are coming upstream to the earlier C to Series A stage. Um, and in the C to Series A stage, the companies are are still being priced, I would say, at, at a higher premium than the other sectors. So as I mentioned earlier at the top of the, the conversation, we invest across many different areas and we're seeing in certain sectors in certain areas, they're, they're still garnering pretty much um, premiums in comes of, when it comes to valuation. Um, that's going to, in the end, start to, to rationalize a little bit more. I don't think that that can stay the, the norm given what we're seeing in the public markets. But right. for the most part in cyber, there's still a lot of demand um, in terms of venture capital dollars looking for um, ways that they can be deployed. And then also when it comes to the earlier stages. And so a flight to to quality is, is the way we talk about it, right? Where a lot of the, the funds are going after the companies that are deemed to be sort of the, the leaders in the space. And so earlier stage deals are, are still being done. Um, and there's a lot of activity there. And there's still a lot of venture capital money to be invested, right? I mean, what you guys call dry powder, a lot of that still exists in a lot of the bigger funds, correct? Yes, right. That's right, right? We, we're dealing with a situation where in the last few years, we had a very low cost of capital. Um, interest rates were really low or, or not even there for, for the most part. And then in, we were in a bull run. And so LPs who are investors in VC funds have seen a lot of positive returns when it's come to their own investments. And so what's happened uh, is that VCs have managed to raise large funds, which now they need to deploy. And that deployment period is over a specific period of time. And so there's still a lot of capital available that's not been deployed sitting in the sidelines that will go into the markets now. And so there, this is a this is an interesting situation, unlike other downturns where, or, or I would say corrections in the market where there's a lot of capital still available for deployment. Right. And that's why we're seeing it going towards more earlier rounds. And that's, is that the reason we're seeing our seed stage and A rounds a lot bigger than it used to be? A seed stage round used to be 1.5, 2 million. If you got three and a half million, you got a big seed round. 
today yeah. I'm, I'm I wrote story I'm writing a story next week about a seed round in the range of 60 million dollars I mean that's an outlier but seed rounds are now 10 million 15 million dollar rounds a rounds are a lot bigger is that because of the way capital is being deployed and this weirdness and recalibration in the market or is it is this specific to cyber? Why are we seeing these rounds just become dramatically bigger? Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right, right? So I, I, I don't think it's isolated to cyber in other sectors. I think climate tech kind of sees the same uh, profile as well. So so it's not in isolation to cyber. There's just a lot of capital that's out there. Um, I think when, as it pertains to cyber, is when it becomes an opportunity where it's very clear that this is a top team or a top product and everyone wants a piece of that, the, the pie there, then there is a lot of capital available for those companies. And so that's when we see these large rounds um, and large amount of capital that's deployed in, in those earlier stages. And these companies, traditionally, when you're raising for A, you're raising for like 12 to 18 months. And now with with what's happening in the market, there is a there's also a... Um, an inclination to raise for a longer period of time. So it's a combination of, you know, can we raise more capital to survive this uncertainty period that's going to come in the next 24 to 36 months? But also if we're the best top company, then we can actually garner all this capital and and, and really um, extend our runway even further. And so there's a combination of things happening, but I think at the earlier stages, it's it's really uh, it's really unique for for cyber to have such high premiums and high um, a large rounds that that we're seeing, um, which has not been typical uh, of the space. Right. You mentioned raising for twelve to eighteen months. That has kind of been the typical over the years. You find that companies are changing that mindset and raising for longer periods. Is that what you're saying? Raising for longer periods during this recalibration, during this bit of uncertainty in the public markets? And if they're raising for longer periods, how much, I mean, what are they raising for, three years now? Yeah, it's a mixed bag. Uh, I think if you're a startup that is that is deemed to be um, a hot company, you can definitely do that. You can raise for a longer period of time. I think what we're telling our startups is essentially like raise for, for 24 months because there's just a lot of uncertainty um, 36 months is, is great, but but I think there, you know, there will be only a few people who can actually do that. Um, for the most part, it, it's going to be 18 to 24 months that we're going to see uh, in terms of capital being raised by startups. And again, that goes back to the fact that nobody really knows how this um, this period is going to play out. And so having more capital, more more dry powder on the startup side as well is going to be helpful to to bridge that gap. And so um, I think we're going to continue to see that, especially with cyber, um, where you've got a, a market where there's there's a lot of players, a lot of similar players and uh, a lot of big problems. And so uh, it's also a market, as I mentioned, where the the adversaries are going to continue to to attack um, customers. And so there is an ability Spending to remain high. Yeah, there's an ability here to to leverage that some of that to be able to raise more capital. But at the same time that cybersecurity spending remains high and continues to grow, we're not. And you mentioned it earlier. Cyber might be immune to uh, recession proof. It might be recession proof. We're still hearing about a lot of layoffs and cutbacks among cybersecurity, not only in startup land, but affecting security teams and bigger companies and so on. How should we interpret all this belt tightening in these startups? You know, even well funded 
well-resourced unicorn type startups? What, how are we to interpret what we're seeing there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the last few years has been a great time period for our tech companies, right? We've been in, in, a, in this bull run where the focus has been make product and deliver it. So, you know, continue to, to, to grow your development teams and spend, spend, spend to get product out there faster. Um, and that's also, you know, what's led to certain um, areas of cyber becoming really hot topics like the shift left movement and um, uh, security tools for for open source solutions out there. And so so absolutely that has some been something that companies have leveraged. I think now with the uncertainty in the market and the rationalization that this this um, this market is not only going to uh, reward growth, it's going to reward profitable growth. There is a need to to make sure that from a cash efficiency standpoint, that companies are are really thinking about their cash runway and their spend. And so I think we're going to continue to see this rationalization. I don't think it's a terrible thing. I think it's it's just um, a recalibration that needs to happen, right? Um, in the long run, it's going to help both the startups as well as the investors. Um, but look, the party's over, the lights are on. Um, everyone's going back to the fundamentals. And quite frankly, like I think if you look at what happened in the in the last few years in 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 the space, I think it's it's been necessary to to really go back to the fundamentals and and really do this belt tightening now. Um right. it it's also the best time for for um for the talent that's coming out of these companies. And, and I, and I say talent because these are also very talented people um, who are going to go on to start their, their next companies. Right. So we've noticed that in these periods of downturns, you, you tend to get the the best companies that, that come out of them and, and, and get started with all this talent coming together. And so it is a very difficult um, movement, but I think it's going to be overall a better movement for both startups and, and investors. We do need to, um, realize that cash efficiency is, is important, especially now that we're seeing that correction in the public markets. The private markets take some time all the time to catch up, uh, but right. we need to we need to play that catch up game. And that's why it's difficult to be cash efficient when you're in growth mode and you're in a unicorn growth mode where you're supposed to spend and grow at all costs so that you can raise your next round. It becomes very, very tricky for some of these companies to navigate this path. But I want to ask you about uh, the exits, like path to exits for companies today. Is it fair to say that the IPO market is kind of dead for the foreseeable future or you or you think we'll start to see cybersecurity IPOs in the next year, year and a half? I think for now, it's going to be a little bit of a quiet period. Um, I think it's probably going to be a lot more uh, acquisitions that we're going to probably see. Um, mm-hmm. The problem or the disconnect rather is that the later stage companies that are ready to go into the public markets have valuation multiples that are, are still far from, from where public market multiples are. And so right. it's going to take time to bridge that gap for companies that have been cash efficient or have a shorter path to cash efficiency. I think there might be a window for them. Um, but, you know, it's I, I don't have a crystal ball and um, there's no way of knowing this. And if I knew, then I might have my own right, island right. somewhere. <laughs> but, but for the most part, I think I think it's going to take a little bit more time. Um, the market, the private markets need to self-correct and that always takes time. And so until is that a two done, to three year window or is that a one to two year window or even longer? Or do you think it's further out? I don't think it'll be more than 
three years. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I think it might be one or two years, but let's see, right. right? Everyone's doing the right things, right? They're, they're going back to the fundamentals, as I mentioned, and I think that that's going to help. Um, but really it, 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 it's anybody's guess at this point. We're just, uh, uh, we're just making sure that in this uncertain period, our companies and our portfolio companies specifically have enough um, runway to be able to survive that that volatility. Right. But, and you mentioned we'll, we'll start to see a lot more M&A activity and we'll start to see some contraction among. There's just too many startups yes. uh, uh, chasing after the same thing. So it's become it, it'll be natural to see consolidation there. And a lot of folks look to big tech as acquirers. Right. And yes. I'm wondering how you view uh, companies like Microsoft and Google as potential acquirers or players in this cybersecurity ecosystem when they themselves are very, very big cybersecurity vendors. Microsoft is $20 billion a year, according to Satya. Google mm-hmm. has bought Mandiant and Amplify, and they have their ambitions around cloud and Chronicle and all that stuff, right? So these guys have become big, big players themselves. How do you as a VC, early stage VC, navigating your investment world, making decisions, uh, and, and, and how do you view what those guys are doing? I think it's really exciting, right? To see all the movement that Google made with the acquisition of Mandiant and now Microsoft in two years doubling their, their revenues coming from cyber. I think it's really exciting because to me, the, the players are no longer just like Palo Alto Networks or you know, the... It used the, to be Cisco or Palo, right? Yeah, Cisco or Palo, essentially. <laughs> There are more players out there for our companies to find homes in eventually as they grow. And cybersecurity, um, if you look at the historical data, most of the exits have been MNAs, right? It's the combination of the fact that there are a lot of companies in the market that are point solutions and you need to sort of consolidate a little bit more because on the customer side, they're looking for vendors who have a single platform or um, a single solution that they can then integrate into their, their infrastructure. And so... I think there's there's that piece, there's the push from the customers, but then also now with the ability to to really go after multiple players, I think it's a really exciting time. We'll see um, we'll see a lot more acquisitions. I I feel I I was actually you know surprised that we didn't see more last year. So I think that that um, I'm really excited about the fact that our startups are going to have this ability to go into multiple. Uh, homes, if that's the direction that they go in terms of uh, the exit, but I think it's a right. it's a really good development in this environment. Even it's this M and A that we're expecting. Do you expect valuations to hold and these exits to be successful exits, or are you are are we going to also see a lot of like uh, 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 not so good exits on the M and A front? <laughs> like be how bad bag. are things? I'm trying to understand how bad are things out there. Yeah, I think I think it'll be a mixed bag. Um, I think it depends again where you're, whether you're in that earlier stage or on that later stage, and how cash efficient you've been or are targeting to become. Um, and then in terms of, you know, if you look at the the capital that's available, Microsoft has what 99 billion of cash on hand. Um, Palo has four billion, and so there is cash available for those acquisitions. Valuations are going to start to come down, right? Um, and and self correct, and so I think that that that's going to create this momentum around that acquisition acquisition journey. I think that on the on the earlier stages there's still a lot of opportunity and and uh, path to grow and there's definitely a lot more optimism there. On the later stages there's a little bit more self-correction. So there's a little bit more pain right now, but eventually I think that things will also start to look better. And so, you know, we're in the business of being optimistic and so I'm optimistic. 
um, that things will things will start to to get better. It's we always go through these cycles of ups and downs, and right now we're in this downward correction. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think the way the market is um, kind of structuring itself with new players coming in um, and the the types of attacks getting more and more more sophisticated, I do think that. Uh, cyber is one space that I that I think that uh, can really um, survive this this uncertain period. Good. It's always fun to talk to an optimist, so we'll switch gears <laughs> and get into something a little more positive now. Can you give me a sense of what what excites you as you're listening to innovation pitches from uh, uh, startup founders and entrepreneurs? And I think the, the point you made earlier about these layoffs, like especially senior engineer layoffs at some of these bigger companies, prompting a lot of new products or new vision and approach to problem solving. And I, I expect we'll see some more seed seed funds, uh, seed rounds being put into some of these entrepreneurs that have been laid off. Uh, you get a lot of these pitches. You get to be excited about some things that might be coming down the pike. What excites you the most? Um, so right now we've been spending some time in, in getting excited um, in the space of AI and ML security. Um, I think that uh, it's interesting. We, we, we kind of looked at the space a few years ago and thought it was too early and, and decided to, to just monitor for a while. Um, fast forward today, you know, we've... Chat GPT we've, has changed all of that. That's helped. But also the fact that the... Again, when we talk about the professionalization of the adversaries out there, you're starting to see that they're creating these tools to attack um, ML and AI models, right? And so with the fact that almost everyone is using open source tools to create these um, these models, it's not um, a large leap to think that these are going to be the next attack vectors. And so if you are a firm believer that... Um, AI and ML models are going to drive value for organizations moving forward in the future. Um, you know, we did believe that data was the new fuel and that data has to lead to something. And so that that analysis, the analytics that's coming out of it, I think is is really going to drive value for, for companies. And so we're starting to look deeper into this topic of AI and ML, whether it is time for companies like that to uh to to really um come into the market and 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 capture budgets. And so uh it's interesting. It's um, it's also somehow coincided with uh, all this excitement with ChatGPT, and that's on, honestly been coincidental. Um, but it's a it's a it's an it's sort of the next layer for us, right? When we think about the way we've invested, we've invested at the physical layer, uh, the application layer, at the data layer, and now we're thinking about what's what's next. And so um, there, I think the AI and ML security companies are 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 topics that um, that are really exciting for us right now. Um, and then other areas that, you know, that are still uh, top of mind for us include areas where you're thinking about open source security. As I mentioned, it's a it's a huge Supply part chain, of anything to shift, yeah. left, anything helping to solve that problem and anything and eliminating. Solve that. Yeah, exactly. Right. That that, as we mentioned, everyone was so focused on on um, producing and, and, and developing code that can be pushed out so quickly that it's been a, a huge um, gaping hole. And so for us, I think it's a, it's an area that's going to be continued of continued importance. Um, and then, you know, supply chain risk, that's the other area that we're, we're continuing to be quite bullish on. And so um, that's where we're spending our time right now. Uh, just to close, because we're running out of time, I want to close on something. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs and security researchers and engineers that I talk to that want to launch their own companies are always interested in 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 what 
what makes a VC better than an entrepreneur or better than a founder? When yeah. you think of the characteristics and the early stage companies that you're most proud of, and you look at those founders and you try to figure out a framework for determining how you make these investments, if you could talk to a first time budding entrepreneur, let's assume one of those Google lay- layoff guys, right? What are you as a VC looking for? What are specific characteristics that has to stand out? Mm-hmm. And, and, and how can they, you know, really make uh, uh, their presence felt? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's a, a combination of things. There, there are many dimensions that go into that decision. Um, one is obviously the team, right? How, what is the vision of this founder? Uh, how excited are they about this topic? Because um, the startup journey is 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 also one that's full of ups and downs. And if you um, if you're not as excited about the topic that you're going after, um, and and you you know you get um, an offer from a, a larger company you very quickly will will think about your decision whether or not to, to stay the course. And so again, how, right. how excited are they about the company and the project and, and the vision? Um, how agile are they in terms of as they get feedback from the market and, and sort of going down that path of execution? Uh, how coachable are they? Um, and then the market is also really important. Yes, market size and competition, all of that, but also where is the market from an inflection standpoint? Are we at a point in time where this market is gonna take off or if it has taken off, where are we in that journey? And so that's another, um, I think, uh, dimension that really, really helps. And you want them to be on top of this, right? You want a good <laughs> entrepreneur or a good pitch to be on top of, uh, as much as possible to be on top of all of this. It, exactly, right? We, we, we want them to know that this that the market is on this journey and that these are the tailwinds that they're capturing, right? And and so that's that's absolutely important that they understand the um, where they are in this journey um, because it's great if you have a, a great product and a great technology, but if the market's just not there, it's not going to go anywhere. And so that's that's a very large part of the equation. Um, and then, you know, having a technological moat or at least a lead is really helpful. Uh, in this day and age, it's really hard to keep a moat. And so, you know, what is it that allows them to keep this lead? And eventually, as more and more players come, how do they expect to be competitive? Um and then lastly, the deal terms, right? Are they realistic? Are they still expecting a unicorn valuation in a market where it's not it's not a reality anymore, right? And so like, is there is there some disconnect there? Like that's that's the last piece that I think that, um, you know, it's not so much a, a matter of the product or the market or the technology, but it's reality check. Are we there? Do we do we believe that uh, these are the deal terms? And, you know, is it going to be sufficient for for the entrepreneur to make money as well as the VC to make money? And so that's that's another important one. And then you know, sprinkle on a little bit of luck, and and hopefully everything goes well. All right, let's end on. I want to end on one thing. Uh, there's been a millions and billions of dollars spent on cybersecurity over the years, and we're still in this you know epidemic of ransomware and problems still to be solved. And you guys still are investing in companies to be solved. Yeah. Are you seeing at a very high level? Are you seeing? entrepreneurs tackling the right set of problems in your mind or are you seeing a flood of entrepreneurs knocking on your doors attempting to fix the same old things because that's from an outside observer i feel like we're just you know we're recreating the wheel and fixing new things and we aren't really tackling uh uh, issues in a systemic way can you with your with your um optimist hat on calm me down and assuage my fears that the investors aren't really addressing the right problems? Oh, you're asking me tough questions. Um, 
Okay, so I think that um, the reason why we see so many companies kind of going after the same problem statements is because there's, you know, there's a lot of capital available in in uh, cybersecurity spending, right? Still, and so so there are going to be a lot of um, customers that are willing to purchase different solutions. I think what happens in this market, though, is that you end up in a situation where you know only the 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 best companies and the top players tend to survive. And so what ends up happening is that, you know, there's a bit of a shakeout and then there's consolidation, which is going to be great. Um, but to your question about, you know, why we're seeing a lot of players go after the same areas, I think, I think uh, it, it's, everyone has a different approach to, to solving a, a problem statement. And I think that, you know, entrepreneurs are trying to be what well, they're trying to do what they do best, which is be innovative in, in a way of tackling those solutions. Um, I think it is, it's easier to do when there's capital available and a lot of um, uh, people willing to back you. But I think once that starts to shrink, those companies also start to go away in terms of um, the, com- the VCs that are deploying capital into, into those startups. And so I, I do believe that there'll be more consolidation and this, this will all um, evolve to a point where we won't have like a 300 data security solutions or, uh, you know, yeah, 500. We'll end up in 300 supply chain security <laughs> supply solutions, chain. Right? It's just whatever the next one. And I, and, I, and I think VCs have to take some of the blame here as well, because a lot of the times you don't want to be left out of a category. And mm-hmm. you're investing in 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 a startup in a category just to you know have your stake in the ground. So I mean, it's part of the game, and I understand it. But I feel like, you know, I think it's, it's not it's, if it's not 300 data security startups. <laughs> it'll be 300 of whatever the next thing is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's a you know it's a combination of um, the world we 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 lived in and. Um, and the fact that these problems are so severe, right? And so I think as we go into this next phase of of growth or reality check, I think it's not going to be so much the case, right? There's there's not going to be a lot of VC dollars chasing the same types of companies. We're going to try and consolidate that. And also, there's not going to be companies that are going to be able to survive beyond their seed or Series A rounds if they don't have something differentiated. So yeah. so eventually, I think you know these. These self-correction periods, they're difficult, they're painful, but at the same time, I think they're helpful. And especially in a sector like cyber, which is which is um, where there's still a lot of capital available in terms of spending from a customer standpoint, I think um, it's necessary. And so it's going to be a push from the customer side. It's going to be a push from the investor side. And the entrepreneurs as well are going to have to really think seriously about whether or not they need to be another data security company or a supply chain company, right? And so I think all of that will happen. But because these problems exist and, and there's so much spending available, I don't, um, you know, there there's always going to be more than one now. Thank you very much, Sidra. Thank you very much. I, I really enjoyed it. Lovely. Happy to chat again.